Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. My name is Sergeant Jeremy Lenning. I'm the Public Information Officer with the Erie County Sheriff's Office. Today we'll be discussing in the press conference the incident that occurred on Tuesday, December 5th on the 190 near uh, Niagara Street. Uh, here to talk to you guys about the incident is uh, Jim Damon from Buffalo Public Schools, Detective John Hanna, Erie County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Kyle Hoffman, Erie County Sheriff's Office, and Detective David Zamorik, Erie County Sheriff's Office. At this time, I'm gonna bring Jim up to the, uh, the podium here and uh, feel free to uh, answer questions. We'll open the floor up. I guess the first question is, can you just walk us through what happened? Sure, sure. Um, I'm a science teacher in Buffalo Public Schools. I was on my way to Buffalo State for a, a training, and uh, I noticed a car driving erratically on the 198, um, and her mirror clipped the edge of my car. Um, so I initially followed her in frustration and anger that she didn't pull over, um, and I, I quickly realized that she was um, driving erratically, couldn't stay in, in one lane, and um, I followed her onto the 190, and at that time when she merged into traffic, uh, I tried to sort of uh, block her car from the traffic behind because she was crossing all the lanes and had struck the barrier on both sides. Um, I called 911. I was telling them the location where her vehicle was so that they could respond and, and try to assist. Um, and eventually when her car uh, came to a stop kind of across from LaSalle Park on the 190, she, um, she came against the Jersey barrier in the, in the center median. Uh, I put my car in park in front of hers and jumped out. Uh, I was worried because her car was still in drive that she might start driving again into me. So um, I kind of ran out into traffic to, to get around. Um, thankfully, her window was open because um, the doors were locked. I was able to reach in, uh, put her car in neutral. And at that time, um, I thought she had just like passed out. Uh, I, I was trying to, to wake her. She had a badge. Um, with her like with her name and I was trying to use like that personal effect to try to wake her up um, and and like assess what was what was happening and what kind of medical emergency she was going through so um, I've been trained in CPR uh, and first aid because I've, I've been a coach previously in Buffalo Public Schools um, as, a, as a varsity coach and so you know I, I tried to feel for a pulse and I joked with my students I felt like her both wrists, I felt her neck, um, and I was on the phone with 911 at the time, and they suggested trying to feel where her Adam's apple would be. And when I couldn't find a pulse in any of those locations, um, I knew that like the only way to, to properly do CPR was to get her on a flat surface. So um, I, I tried to remove her from the vehicle, I pulled her out from the vehicle, and then I, I started CPR on her. Um, 
I, I probably did it the old school certified way because I did do rescue breaths and I, I know um, just for the general public to know hands-only CPR is uh, a really integral thing that's really easy for anyone to learn and I, I just wish that uh, more people were certified in that because uh, you know it could be a loved one for any of us and I think that that's uh, you know super important for people to know. What was it like to go through that range of emotion? Because you were first, you were angry, and then you followed. Then you kind of got in front of you followed her. That's a long distance, first of all. We news four is not far from Buffalo State. So, I mean, what was it like to go through that range and that kind of distance in time? Um, I mean, being behind her, it, it did. I went from frustration to uh, to concern. Um, and by the time that her vehicle had come to a stop, I wasn't worried about my car. I wasn't worried about. Uh, damage that she could cause I knew that she was having some kind of medical emergency and she needed help um, and you know when when that happens I my my uh, my feelings really go out to the first responders because they deal with that that adrenaline rush that fight-or-flight response that that like pivotal moment where you have to make a decision on what to do and how to handle yourself without anyone else there to guide you without a video to tell you you know what the next steps are um, and you know to to be forced to do that by yourself uh, without with just traffic continuing to drive by um, and and not have like the people in their cars know that this woman was like uh, really in need of help um, I you know I to assess that situation it, it was it was definitely um, a range of emotions and, and I, I was very emotional afterwards uh, and I, I understand now how first responders feel they do this every day um, and and to be able to um, to be able to just go back to the next call and to be able to handle everyone with that same level of respect and dignity, uh, I, like I said, I, it, it takes a real, real hero to do that. And I, uh, these guys really did a tremendous job when they showed up to, to assist. Do you consider yourself a hero? No, no, I'm, I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a teacher. I'm just trying to do what anyone would do for my loved ones, I would hope. Mr. Demi, it was like kind of like a right time at the right place, you know. After everything was done, did you ever process like, you know, that what if, what if I wasn't there did did the call and helped her out? You know, have you ever thought about that outcome and how it could have been differently or anything like that? I, I mean, I, I have, and you know, for the last two days I've been playing it over in my head. What if her window wasn't down and I was forced with the decision to break her window? What would I have done? Um, what what would I have what would have happened if no one was to see her swerving and they just, you know, assumed, I don't know, she had a, some, someone assumed she was injured in an accident and didn't, was afraid to move her. And I saw her car hit the barrier at a very low speed, so I knew that it was safe to pull her out without risking like a spinal cord injury or something like that. Um, and I, it goes over and over in my head that, that there was a reason that I was there that day. Have you been in contact with the woman ever since? No, no, I haven't. I haven't heard any updates on her condition. But um, you know, my my heart really goes out to her family because uh, you know I think to be without your loved one on a holiday uh, this time of year is, is you know it's got to be really hard. The 190 at five o'clock in the afternoon is four lanes of craziness. Did you kind of push that out of the way? Were you that, that could have been potentially very deadly. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, sadly, I have a brand new car, which is why I was initially so frustrated. Uh, but my car was out even further than her vehicle. 
uh, into the lane of traffic. And her car was blocking the left-hand lane, and my car was in front of her. So when when I pulled her uh, pulled her out of the vehicle, um, you know, there was nothing to stop traffic between traffic and her vehicle um, from. Uh, from from striking us except that the the people that were behind us had had noticed what was happening and I think saw me pull her out um, but you know that part was kind of a blur I wasn't really paying attention to traffic or um, anything I was looking for sirens or lights and and just trying to do my best to, to uh, keep her going until the pros showed up and, and like I said I'm sure I'm sure my CPR technique could use some some refreshing even though I'm still certified and it, it is new uh, because, you know, like watching uh, the first responders go to work uh, and, and their technique, you know, you could tell that they're really trained and, and I think they, uh, they did a, a fantastic job. Where did you render CPR? Was it on the side of the road? Like where did you pull her out and then Yeah, you... yeah, we were like right on the shoulder of the 190, um, just, I mean, in, in the left-hand lane. Wow. Yeah. So being in the education system, what are you going to take from this experience and give to your, your students and the school after? I mean, I, I have a, a real open communication in my classroom. So, you know, yesterday I, I took 10 minutes to talk to each class about what had happened. Um, honestly, it helped me decompress and helped me process uh, what, what was happening. Um, but to be able to talk to them and just to say, hey, you know, when you guys learn uh, that hands-only CPR, like, it matters. When you learn how to take your own pulse, that actually matters. That, that can uh, you know that's something you never think you're going to use but at some point in your life you may just find yourself in a situation where uh, you can really help someone's loved one. Jim it sounds like you're a high school science teacher in BPS but which BPS school do you work in? Uh, I teach at Emerson uh, School of Hospitality which is right on Chippewa. Okay you're a science teacher there? Yeah I teach earth and space science. Okay and you coached previously still coach? Uh, I'm not coaching this season because I do the New York State Master Teacher Program, which is like uh, a whole lot of professional development outside of school hours. Uh, but I've coached varsity basketball and varsity soccer in, in previous years. And that CPR training is required of a coach, I'm assuming? It is part of the, the coaching certification process, and we have to keep it current to, to be a coach. And have you, done, have you kept it current? Yeah. yeah, it's still current. Um, still, uh, I would have to renew it this summer, so it's something that I'll be eager to do. Um, I think I'd be eager to do Narcan training as well, just because I think that's uh, a super important thing that, that everyone in the public, if you can help out, like why why wouldn't you? I'm sorry, Mr. Damon. Um, kind of already talked about a little bit before, but can you further explain a little bit more, like how did that woman look? You know, once you finally got to her and pulled her out of her vehicle and everything. So, um, you know, she had been sitting up while she was driving uh, and navigating the vehicle, which is why I didn't initially assume that she, um, that her heart had stopped because she, she had been driving. Um, and it, the, the impact of the accident was not such that, that I would have thought that she would have been injured. And so when I got around to the vehicle, I noticed that she was slumped over. And when she was slumped over, that's when I, I reached in uh, through her open window and I, I put my hand on her shoulder and I tried to wake her and I realized that she, she wasn't responding at all. And, and that's when, like I said, I read her name tag. I tried to use her name uh, to, to hope that if she was, if she was still uh, aware enough that she could, she could hear that and maybe pull her out. Um, yeah. How important is it, is this situation to remind people when they're on the road, we know there's no shortage of uh, angry drivers, road rage incidents. To, that, to, to have some compassion and have some patience. You don't know what the other person is. 
going through it, you said at first you were you were angry, and but then you realized there was she was there was seriously something very serious happening. Yeah, certainly. I, I think that every one of us has been an, an angry driver in traffic, uh, not knowing why traffic was stopped. Even after an accident is cleared and traffic is backed up, everyone's frustrated. You know, they drive by and honk at the tow truck or something like that because they just want to release that frustration. Um, and I just think it's so important to, to, to remember that, you know, everyone has their own story and, you know, people are going through things uh, every day that, uh, we don't know that we can't see on the surface and uh, clearly this woman was going through something that uh, that she really needed help and compassion and uh, I, I think that if any of those motorists passing by you know besides the officers that that stopped uh, off duty to help out that I, I don't I don't think they had any any idea what was happening and if they did I think that you know we're all good humans we want to help each other I think they would have stopped now since the incident happened um, you know has Emerson done any type of like special recognition or anything like that with phone for you or anything or no? My boss announced her retirement yesterday, so uh, <laughs> I didn't. I certainly didn't want to to rain on her parade, so okay. I I let her know afterwards that I was asked to come to this uh, this press conference to talk. Okay. Um, uh, and I, I only did so reluctantly because I, I don't I don't want the spotlight. Uh, like I said, the first responders do this every day. I was just a regular guy who just happened to be there. Um, but you know, I think the the important part and the, the reason that I wanted to come was because if people knew CPR, right, it could save your loved one. And I think that's the most important thing for people at home to know is that if you know students, adults, uh, employers. You know, do it as a team building activity. Doing CPR training, I think, is just a fantastic way uh, to, to be able to, to give back to your own community. Detective Hanna, can I ask you a couple questions? Absolutely. Um, I'll just have you switch if sure. possible. Um, so you were second on scene. I guess, what was it like when you got there? What were you seeing and, and experiencing? This is, I mean, obviously, you weren't called there. You were just driving by, is that right? Correct. So what was it like? Like a, a lot of the other drivers on the 198 at 5 o'clock, it was pretty chaotic. And because of the incident that was, was going on up ahead, uh, traffic uh, was backed up pretty significantly. All the lanes uh, were filled. By the time I was able to get up to the accident, uh, I could see um, James up at the window with the driver, um, unsure really of what was going on. So my first uh, reaction was uh, to get over in a, in a safe manner. Unfortunately, I was only able to pull in front of their cars because it comes up on you pretty quick. Uh, and then I went back to him. As soon as I arrived back, I realized that uh, we were facing some form of a, a medical emergency. And then I think that's when your, your training kicks in. And, I mean, is it fair to say that by him rendering CPR, it saved her life? Absolutely. The, every, every second counts, right? So any kind of... Uh, I've, I have the benefit of doing a lot of training and in, a lot of instructing, and one of the things I try to share with people is just do the next right thing. Uh, it's something that uh, can guide you in a, in a positive direction. If you put one night right thing to another right thing, do another right thing, eventually you're going to lead to some form of success. And that's what he was doing. Uh, to be able to get her out of the car, realize that, hey, CPR is only effective if we're on a firm surface. To get any kind of compressions going, to establish um, air getting back into her body, to get the, the blood pumping through her body, that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. Um, whether you're doing it 100% the right way or not, that's happening the moment that he does that. 
and if he wouldn't have been out and engaging in that, um, I don't I don't think we'd have the same outcome for sure. How long have you been in the sheriff's department? I'm starting my 16th year. In your 16 years, have you seen something like this before? This seems a, a bit rare to happen. Um, you know, I think we hear stories, uh, we've heard a lot of stories recently about individuals. Uh, there was an incident at the Bills game uh, last year where individuals were the first, um, civilian individuals were the first ones to, to render care and then followed up by um, law enforcement coming and providing that additional care. Uh, I, I have, uh, just thinking of my career as far as like being on the through like that, probably not, but uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, we had someone struck at the Bills game and civilians were the first ones on the scene in that incident before I got there. They had already established um, stabilizing her head and, and, and doing an evaluation. So I think we see regular people um, being thrust into those situations pretty pretty regularly. Yeah. Question. Um, Absolutely. Take the panel with an incident like this happening, you know, drugs were involved, someone was over, overdosing. Does that like raise any type of concern or do you see anything that's like alarming about like an issue with drugs within Buffalo or anything like that or like around the area or anything or no? Well, any, anybody that, that um, pays attention to the news or um, lives certainly in Western Europe knows that we're in the, the midst of an epidemic, right? And in, involving opiates and um, James has talked about Narcan, the importance of carrying Narcan. Uh, we hear our public officials, we hear the sheriff talk about that on a, on a regular basis about the importance of, of that. And the reality is, is you know what, maybe five, ten years ago that wouldn't even be a consideration at an accident scene and when it came to your mind, but I think it's the reality of where we are now. Part of our initial medical intervention is um, you know, we're opening airways, we're checking for trauma, we're stopping bleeding, and we're, we're getting Narcan administered. So. Was this woman a 20-year-old, a 60-year-old, without revealing too much, can you kind of narrow down her age range? Um, I would, she was younger. I would say that she was in late 20s, 30s. Pretty sad. Thank you. Anything, any uh, deputy detective that you want to add in on what you saw when you responded, anything that we missed that you think is important to know? I'll just have you step to the mic. Sure. Um, I mean, I think you guys covered most of it. Um, I think really the, I think the important thing to recognize are, you know, Jim's actions um, and, and uh, his response uh, to the situation. Um, and I, I think you know he should be commended more so than us, right? I mean, this is what we do every day. This is our job. This is what we have training for. We, we signed up for this. Um, you know, an everyday citizen driving by doesn't necessarily do that. And I think we see more and more these days uh, the inclination for for you know persons in a scenario they want to pull their phone out and they want to start videotaping as opposed to intervening in some type of positive manner. Um, so I, I think you know the. Um, the, the swift actions of, um, of, of Jim here uh, really uh, are, are what saved the day. What would you say to people, because obviously this story, I mean, pulling over on the left shoulder, that's a narrow shoulder any, on any highway. It's not the right shoulder. So um, how would you encourage people to, you know, not just film on their phone, but to do what he did in a safe manner? Because that's also important, too. You don't want to cause another accident by trying to be, you know, play hero or anything. Not that he was playing hero. 
but sure, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think. Um, you know, it's always about making sure that you're going to be safe, right? And that's one of the first things that we make sure in law enforcement, whenever we respond, we want to make sure that, that we're safe because if we're not safe and, you know, we become injured, then we, you know, we're complicating the situation as opposed to resolving the situation. Uh, so, yeah, obviously that's that's something that, you know, we would encourage people if, if they did decide to intervene uh, is to make sure that they're doing so in, in a safe manner and, and uh, you know, obviously calling 911 and, and making sure that first responders are, are responding. As well uh, from my perspective um, I, I was myself tied up in traffic um, there was a state trooper unit that was trying to navigate through traffic with lights and sirens on his way to the scene um, I was in traffic in my unmarked uh, unmarked car I threw on my lights and sirens to kind of help him move traffic uh, and get through. Uh, it, we were not far from uh, the scene, you know, um, as, uh, as he was coming through. Um, I followed up behind him uh, just to kind of see what, you know, he might need assistance. Uh, and that's when, you know, we kind of come across, when I come across the, the scenario and, um, you know, observe, you know, what was going on and, you know, did my part to, to help out. Okay. James, how long did this play out? Uh, I started following her shortly after 4.30, uh, and probably by the time the ambulance drove away, it was like 4.55 or so. So, um, you know, she was driving very slowly down the highway, so it, it took maybe six or seven minutes um, that I, I was on the phone with 911 uh, almost the entire time. Uh, but I had to call them back to say that, you know, when I recognized it, she was having much more than, than just like a health crisis that, that she was in fact uh, not conscious and not breathing. Um, Where on the 198 did you first encounter the vehicle? Uh, right by the tennis courts or the Statue of David. Okay. He said she hit the wall multiple times. You know how many times she might hit the wall immediately or anything like that? Uh, on the 190, uh, as I was calling 911, I, I might have witnessed her six or seven times. Yeah, and on both sides. So you're on the 198, and the 190. Yes. Okay. So, um, which is why my initial response was was not um, was not to check for a pulse when like when she pulled over. I I was thinking because she was coherent enough to navigate from the 198 to the 190, but wasn't coherent enough to, to you know, keep the keep the right away or keep the road in, in the right lane. I think something just to highlight that everybody has spoken on a little bit is the importance of the team effort here. It really did take an entire team. It's not only Jim and the actions that he took, but he's on the phone with uh, a dispatcher that's trying to walk through the, the steps of CPR, taking that call, getting other emergency services there. Um, the state police are trying to navigate the accident as well so that um, they can divert traffic the other citizens that are on the 190 that are trying to slow down and move over and allowing each other to merge into lanes. Buffalo Fire Department that's trying to come up. Uh, the other side of the 190 now has to navigate this busy roadway over the top of a barrier to continue care. Um, for, for Deputy Hoffman and uh, for Detective Zamorik, for them to come up and, and apply additional medical intervention with establishing the airway, uh, the trooper is the one that he was able to bring the Narcan with him up from his car because we are all now up in the scenes and we have the busy, busy traffic. Uh, the ambulance crews that have to get there. There's really so many different things 
in a situation like that that have to work together properly in order to um, just like love on one person on the on the side of the road and I think that's that's important to, to drive up to that scene having looking being able to look back on that and you have this man by himself with hundreds of cars going by with a car crashed into the side of the wall dragging uh, and, and, and pulling and struggling to get a woman um, out of the car who had just struck his car I mean, it's something that should really, I think, it really encourage encourage people that um, there's there's things that we can do, you know, just do something. And uh, what he did was awesome. Do you guys have like body cam footage you guys can share or anything like that to show like real time or anything? Or no? We we were all in plain clothes at the time, so okay. we didn't have yeah. um, body cam. Not, not to sound like someone in the younger generation like my students, but while I was on 911 following her, I was videoing um, her vehicle. So I, I have uh, multiple minutes of footage of her vehicle up to the crash. I'm safe to say I think we'll all want that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't posted it or, or done anything with it out of respect for her. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.